We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And today we're going to talk about Notre Dame recruiting. What we're going to talk about is what Notre Dame has to do on the recruiting trail this year to close the gap on the big boys. That would be the teams that are competing for and winning championships on a consistent basis. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Now, when you look at those teams and you look at Notre Dame, there is it is obvious that Notre Dame has closed the gap in recent seasons in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to on-field success. But the results on the field when Notre Dame plays those teams, for the most part, it has not changed. Obviously, there's the one exception of the Clemson game this year. That's the anomaly. There were circumstances behind it. But we're talking about going toe-to-toe and battling with those teams every time you play. It doesn't mean you win them all, but you at least need to be competitive. And the reality is, in two games against Alabama, in two of the last three games against Clemson, and in the last game against Ohio State, Notre Dame was only even competitive in one of those games when it came down to it. So there needs to be some improvements when it comes to the program in a lot of different ways. And one of those is closing the talent gap. I don't think the talent gap is as stark as it was 10 years ago, but it's still there, and it's something that Notre Dame needs to continue to fix. And the best way to do that is to recruit better. So today we're going to talk about Notre Dame's dream class, and we're going to begin with the defense. And here's what a dream class is for me. It's that class of recruits that are that are doable. So it's not like signing the number one player in the country at every position and half those guys aren't even considering Notre Dame. It is players that are on the board for Notre Dame, players that have a level of interest in Notre Dame, even if Notre Dame is their third or fourth school, 
they they have to have some level of interest in Notre Dame. And there are players that, to me, would, as a group, close the gap or as individuals close the gap. So what is the class out there that Notre Dame can reasonably get? Again, it'll be challenging, but of course it's going to be challenging, but it's possible. What is the class out there that Notre Dame can get on defense that'll close the gap? Now, look, I would argue that the defense is much closer to being that championship caliber defense than they are on offense. And I think especially when you look at the year after year success since 2017, the defense has really been the strength of this football team. But I do believe there's another level they can get to that's beyond just coaching really well, which Notre Dame has been coached really well in the past few years. They will continue to be coached well moving forward. What is that class of players that gives them the talent to say you can match those other programs talent for talent? And that is what we are going to discuss today. So let's begin by talking about the defensive line. And we're going to first go to defensive end because that's a position group that Notre Dame is already two-thirds of the way there on. They already have Tyson Ford and Aiden Gabera. The third member of my dream class would be DJ Weselak. Now, you're, you're, if you remember, it was about a month ago, I was asked a question in a mailbag about DJ Weselak, and I expressed some skepticism about whether or not he'd be the ideal player to add to this class. I've changed my mind on that, not because my opinion of DJ Weselak has changed, because it hasn't. I st- always thought he's a good player. It's at the time, you looked at Tyson Ford and Aiden Gabera, and they both kind of projected more to be the big end, and so does DJ Weselak. So there was nobody that I felt was sort of that true Viper position, and I felt they needed at least one guy that could definitely play that position. Well, we've watched Aiden Gabera come out as a junior because he's playing his junior season in the spring, and he has been outstanding. He's been very, very good. And not only has he been outstanding, but he's showing me traits and tools that should allow him to be a Viper and, and a Julian Aguara type of Viper. And so I think there's a lot more value to him now being able to play both sides. So now if DJ Weselak can't play Viper, and you can always give him a shot at Viper, and if he sticks, then you're in great shape. But if he can't, you now have another player in, in DJ in uh, Aiden Gabera who can play that position. So that makes it a much more balanced trio. Whereas before, I was concerned that you were getting three big ends. Now I feel like you're getting one big end, one Viper, and one guy in Weselak that could play both. And that's the ideal situation that you're looking for there. Now, Notre Dame is going to continue to try to recruit Cyrus Moss. He would obviously, I mean, he's a legit game changer type of player. But right now, Notre Dame is on the outside looking in with him. So I don't see him as a right now a viable option. They will continue from what from talking to sources, they're going to continue to recruit him no matter who else they get in the class. And if you can get him, then that takes it even beyond a dream class. I mean, it is literally hitting a grand slam home run, you know, bottom of the ninth of the World Series to walk off and win it. I mean, that would be a, that kind of huge pickup. But right now, if you give me a class of Tyson Ford, Aiden Gabera, and DJ Weselak, combine it with what you've landed the last couple seasons, that is an outstanding group of defensive ends, and you're going to have plenty of talent to choose from. And now you're also your margin of error has has narrowed significantly because some of those guys aren't going to pan out. Notre Dame takes a lot of long, projectable guys. Some of them are going to get hurt. Some of them are not going to pan out. But there's so many players of the position now that have talent, that have length, that have athleticism. You're going to get four of those guys to pan out. And and especially when you look at the conditioning and the coaching and the strength program that Notre Dame has, the odds are they've proven that this is a position where they're going to develop those players. Now let's talk about defensive tackle. This is an intriguing position because 
I the way that Notre Dame has recruited that position in recent years, there's some guys on the board that people are projecting to go to Notre Dame that I just don't think Notre Dame should be taking right now. There are two guys on the board, however, that I think Notre Dame should look for, should push for. If you only get one of them, I'm I'm pleased, very pleased. If you can get both of them, then obviously that's a that's a, a huge, huge year at defensive tackle recruiting. One is Caleb Artis from New York, very talented player, 6'5", 270, athletic. He can be a penetrating three technique. He could potentially grow into a player that could play some at the nose. And I even like potential of him being a, a, a five technique when they go to their three down looks. If you keep him, you know, sort of somewhere in the range that he is now, you know, he's at 270 now. If you keep him in the 280s, he could certainly be a guy that could play that five technique as well if you go to more of a three-down look. Or you could continue to, if his body continues to get bigger and bigger and he blows up, then he's a guy that could also play some nose. So he's a really good athlete, bit of a low-floor, high-ceiling guy, which, again, I'm okay with. Notre Dame has had a lot of success with guys like that. I may be less okay with that at other positions that don't have that proven track record of development, but I think Mike Elson kind of deserves the benefit of the doubt when he looks at that raw projectable player with what he's done in recent seasons with guys like Julian Aguara, Khalid Kareem, um, Adi Takumba Ogandiji, guys like that, Isaiah Foskey. I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt because he's proven they can develop those types of players combined with the strength program. The big guy for me though is Anthony Lucas from Arizona. And if you're watching this at if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, I'm going to pull up some highlights of Anthony Lucas and I'm going to show you why. I view him as a game changer type of recruit. If you're listening on the normal podcast, that's okay. We're going to kind of talk through um, what we see from him, and, and I'm going to explain to you why this is a big commitment. And first of all, I believe that elite defenses in today's game require greatness up the middle. You have to be very, very, very strong up the middle. And to me, as you watch these highlights of number five, Anthony Lucas, what you're going to see is a guy that's six four and a half, six five, two hundred eighty pounds tremendous tremendous arms arm length very powerful hands and surprising athleticism when i popped on the film the first time i watched anthony lucas i was expecting a really good power player i was not expecting a guy that you're going to see here in a, in a clip or two coming up where he's playing as a five technique and rushing off the edge i mean that quickness that you see right there from him He's stepping down and all of a sudden just plants and works outside to chase the quarterback. That's 280 pounds. That, uh, that's not something you often see from a guy that weighs 280 pounds. Look at that hand play right there. This is this is just really, really impressive stuff. Look how long his arms are. He just discards that, def that offensive tackle like it's nothing and gets to the quarterback. He is a special, special talent. And he's the kind of guy that if you can get a player like that, he can play three technique. I think he could play the nose. I think he's a guy that in a 3-3 alignment could be a defensive end. I mean, here's another pass rush right there. That's that's a guy coming off the edge of 280-plus pounds as a junior in high school. That's special talent, and he plays with force and power. He's the kind of guy that, yes, they've been getting very good defensive tackles in recent seasons. He would, I would argue, would be the best they've seen. There's another clip of him coming off the edge. That is really, really impressive. Look how fast those hands are. He has a natural understanding of how to use his hands. Really, really like what you see from him. Notre Dame is in the mix with him. It's going to be tough. He is a guy that's being recruited by all the great programs. Texas is making a hard push for him. You know, Are they able to get him? It's going to be tough, but he's the kind of guy that you have to go all in for as a coaching staff, and I, I believe that they are right now. Look at that spin move. 
you know, he's the kind of guy that changes your fortunes inside. He's the kind of guy that when you line up against Clemson and you line up against Ohio State and you line up against Alabama, you're arguing that, hey, my note, my bestie tackle is, is just as good, if not better than your bestie tackle. That's how good I believe Anthony Lucas to be. I'm encouraged by the things I've heard about his interest in Notre Dame. I'm also very encouraged by what I hear about the Notre Dame coaching staff and the work they're putting in on him to try to get him into the class. I've, I've been I'm been told by multiple sources on both sides of this that Notre Dame is putting on the full court press, and that's exactly what you need to do. If you don't get them and you get Caleb Artis, that We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's, I mean, that's fine. Caleb Barr's a good football player. But we're talking about a dream class that closes the gap, right? We're talking about things that Notre Dame can do based off players that, that are recruitable to Notre Dame. He's got the grades for Notre Dame. He's a kid that values the academic side of things enough to where he's strongly considering Notre Dame. And then, of course, as a football player, that's him catching a pass. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, that is not him playing defense. That's him catching a pass as a slot player in the red zone at 280 pounds. Look at that. That's just That's a game-changer type of recruit. And that's why I say this is the kind of player that Notre Dame absolutely needs to get if they want to close the gap on the top teams. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's move on to linebacker. If there was a, a, a group in this class on either side of the ball that I would say I felt most confident that they were going to land an elite, elite, game-changing, program-defining gap narrowing class it'd be linebacker and the reason i say that is is because number one i think they already have two guys that are that are part of that in nolan ziegler and, and josh burnham but number two there's so many guys on the board that are that level of player that you that notre dame either leads for or is in the top two or three for that you say boy they only got to really land one of those guys to have a a needle moving class if they can land two of those guys it's program changing at the linebacker position in my opinion based on what i see so let's kind of get into that group. Number one is Junior Tui Alamaka. Now, to me, he may have the lowest floor or the lowest ceiling of the guys left on the board. 
but he's certainly got the highest floor. And the reason he is in my class as the first guy I'm talking about is because at this point in time, when I look at all the linebackers on the board, that there's guys that can, can play Mike, but there's nobody that's a true Mike. Josh Burnham could play Mike, and I think that you know may eventually be a, a great position for him, but he can also play Will. He can also play Sam. He may even outgrow it and play Viper. I love that versatility he brings. But Tui Alamaka is a pure Mike linebacker, and if you land him, you can have him, Josh Burnham, play side-by-side side and feel great about it. But he is a pure Mike. He also has the highest floor because he's the kind of guy that that I just say he's going to be a good football player. Now, will he be a great football player? We'll find out. But he's going to be a good football player. Instinctive, good athlete. He's not tall, but he's long. He's got uh, well, well above average arm length. Can rush the passer as a blitzer. He can come off the edge. And he is a thumper in the run game. To me, you had a guy like Junior Tuyalamaka your class and you've and you've added the best middle linebacker in the country in my opinion the best pure mike linebacker in the country and when you can add the best player at this position in the country you've, you've clearly done something good and that's why i say junior tui alamaki is a guy that to me is a must get and i know there's some talk about maybe you take a couple other guys instead of him to me he has got a guy you have to land because i believe he brings something unique to your roster that you don't have and the other guys on the board don't have, and that is the pure ability to play Mike. Could Josh Burnham play Mike? Yeah, maybe, eventually, and he could potentially be very good at it. But he could also play other positions, and I don't know if we know for a fact yet that he would be a, a natural Mike, if that would be his best position. You know it is for Junior Tui Alamaka, and so that's why he is on my list as a guy you have to get. Now, where things stand right now, I think Notre Dame's his leader. Texas is pushing hard. Oregon, um, Stanford, and Arizona State are the other schools that make up his top five. I like where Notre Dame is at right now. Now, he just started his junior season as well, and he and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does uh, as a junior because everything that I've said about him was based off sophomore film, which makes it even more impressive when you're, when you're showing that level of instinct and production as a sophomore against the schedule he plays. That's impressive. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he is going to do. There's two other athletic, three actually, other athletic linebackers that to me hopefully would make up that fourth linebacker in this class. And if you can get one of those three, I'm feeling really good about it. The first two are sort of an either or. I mean, they're it's hard for me to differentiate between the two. I'm working on my linebacker big board right now where I'm breaking down and I rank all the linebackers and I'm still having a hard time with those two guys. I go back and forth every time I... I, I break them down because they're so similar in skill set, and then they all, but they also have enough differences that you say, well, this guy could play here and that guy could play there. That makes them it makes them fun to to break down, and that's Sebastian Cheeks from Illinois, Evanson, Illinois, and Jalen Sneed from South Carolina. Now, Jalen Sneed is is a, is an interesting player because he's sort of new to the board. He was someone that was offered after Marcus Freeman was hired. He is a guy that is considered. You know, you, he's the typical guy that you you look at and say, yeah, that guy's going to play in the SEC somewhere. He's 6'1", he's 210, 215 pounds, incredibly athletic, still a very raw player, still learning how to play the game, as most guys of that age are. Played outside linebacker as a sophomore, played more as a defensive end as a junior at 6'1", 210 pounds, if that says about how strong and physical this young man is. I love his upside. He's an incredibly athletic, powerful player, but again, there's a lot of room for work. Sebastian Cheeks is another interesting player. I just saw some highlights. It was only about eight to 10 plays of his junior season. And again, there's a lot of film I got to dive into. It was just highlights, but I loved what I saw from him. It looks like he's filled out his frame. He was a very undersized as a sophomore. 
Illinois just started playing their junior season, and I liked what I saw. He's physical, but he looks to at least be 10, 12 pounds bigger than he was as a sophomore. He was playing running back, and he was he was showing some speed. So he's another guy that you look at and say, you know, maybe he could play some Rover. Maybe he could play Will. Maybe he could play Sam. But he's just a really talented player, and he's from right down the street. And so you look at it and say, boy, is there a scenario in which Notre Dame could take five linebackers and get Cheeks and Sneed? If they could do that and they could make room for all five, then do it. I mean, they're just that good, and they're that close in talent. Cheeks, I would argue, has a higher floor. I think their ceilings are very, very similar between Sneed and, and, and Cheeks. I would, I would also argue Cheeks is probably a little taller. Sneed looks to be a little bit longer from an arm leg standpoint. But these are two just outstanding football players, and Notre Dame has to be able to get one of them. Cheeks, I don't know where things stand. I know he likes Notre Dame a lot, but I've, I've said this before in recent, in recent days. It concerns me that he has been so high on Notre Dame, has been close to committing to Notre Dame a couple times, according to a couple sources that I have, that we have, but he hasn't been able to pull the trigger, and you ask yourself, why? He's visited campus, so it's not that he can't visit. He's been on campus, I believe, multiple times. Is there another offer he's waiting on? Is he waiting on Ohio State offer? Is he waiting on an Alabama offer? I don't know. I mean, he's got a pretty impressive offer list already. It could just be as simple as he just wants to wait until his junior year's over to do it. It could be that simple. So I don't know if there's an issue there, but it just, having done this a long time, it just concerns me when a local kid waits as long as he's waited and just won't pull the trigger, especially when he's visited. So hopefully Notre Dame can close the deal with Sebastian Cheeks and get him into class. Then you can figure out kind of what you're going to do with that next spot or two. Jalen Sneed is visiting Notre Dame today. If you're listening to this podcast on Monday, it is today. He's supposed to be on campus today. He was at an Under Armour event yesterday, dominated. Talked to I had We had some people down there at that event, talked to them, and his interest in Notre Dame is high. There's a connection there. His head coach and Marcus Freeman have known each other for a very long time. Jalen Sneed is a kid who, who really values the academic side of things, needs to get up on campus, and we'll see. it. Today's visit is going to go a long way towards determining if Notre Dame is going to be a real player here. Anna Hickey from the Clemson 247 Sports site uh, put a crystal ball up for Notre Dame uh, with, with Jalen Sneed. According to the people that talked to him at the Under Armour event in Atlanta yesterday, he does not seem to be in any hurry to make a decision. He said he wants to visit Notre Dame. He wants to visit Clemson again. There's several other programs he wants to visit. It sounds like he wants to take some officials over the summer and then decide after that before his senior season. That's the plan going into today's visit. Now, as we've seen in the past, Notre Dame visits can be game changers for kids, especially young people who've never been to campus before and are guys that are from further away. So perhaps he comes on campus, falls in love with the town, falls in love with the campus, and realizes that, hey, numbers are getting a little tight now and decides he wants to join the class. Could that happen? Sure. But just based on what he said yesterday at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta, he's likely going to take some time um, with his decision. So uh, unless something changes today, that is what we're looking at happening. Now, there's also Devin Jackson on the board. And to me, this is the most difficult one to evaluate. There's a lot of people like Devin Jackson. ESPN ranks him as a top 100 player, and I get it. He's 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds. Here's the issue I have with Devin Jackson. He has the body of a safety, really. Uh, like I said, 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds, based on sophomore film. We have not seen him as a junior because uh, his county in Nebraska, even though the rest of the state had fall football, his county decided not to play, so he didn't get a chance to play as a junior. 
So I haven't seen his junior film yet. I don't know if he's filled out much like some of these other guys have filled out. I would imagine there's room for him to fill out, but I don't think he's got a great frame anyway. The issue with that is you could say, well, that's fine. You know, Jeremiah Wusu had a similar frame too. Very true. The difference is, is when I watch Devin Jackson on film, he plays like a defensive end. He has the game of a defensive end. And I just don't know. I'm not as confident that he can move to linebacker as I am other players. I just haven't seen him drop. I haven't seen him do some of the things athletically that you would need him to do. So it's not that he can't play linebacker. This is me saying, I don't know. I don't know if he can do that. And so that creates a little bit more of a of a gap in evaluation or projection compared to the other top players. In most years at linebacker, it's a no-brainer. You take Devin Jackson, and you're thrilled with it. In this class, where you've already got two great players in the class, and you've got players like Nutu Alamaka, Cheeks, and Sneed on board as well, I think you have to think twice about how quickly you might take his commitment. He put another name in his top five, and it doesn't sound like he's necessarily in a deciding soon mode either. But it's it makes it for it makes for difficult analysis when you look at those four players. If if Devin Jackson came to Notre Dame and committed to Notre Dame, would I have anything negative to say about that? Absolutely not. Like I said, he's an outstanding athlete and a very talented football player. It's just we're comparing four, in my opinion, great players. Four guys that, in my view, would would be needle movers, including Devin Jackson. We're at the point now at the linebacker class where it's like, and this is what I said at the beginning, which one of these studs do you want to take? How are you prioritizing these studs in your class? And that's the unique aspect of this whole thing is that you're you're in a win, 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 win with these four players. You get any combination of these four, and it's a great class. I'm simply looking at it from the standpoint of how do you build the absolute best class? And part of it for me when you talk about building the best class is also building the class that not only has a very high ceiling, but has the higher floors. My issue with Devin Jackson is I feel like he has a lower floor than those other players because there is so much projection that you have to make with whether or not he can play linebacker where all those other three guys we've seen play linebacker to some degree. So that's why I sound more hesitant on Devin Jackson, but, but, but hear me, right? I don't think ESPN's nuts for having him as a, in the top 600. Actually, I think they have him in the top 60. I believe – I'd have to go look at this again, but I believe the last I saw he was like ranked 51st in the country. They're not nuts for having him ranked that high. I personally would have him lower top 100, maybe top 125 to 150. But again, he's that's because of the floor. The upside, the ceiling is there. He's a talented player, and if you were to get him if you're Notre Dame, you're not going to feel bad about that. It's just of those four players – trying to create some order for the dream class. Give me the guys with the higher floors along with the higher ceilings. And that's to me how you put it together. And that's how I evaluate the linebacker class. But if Notre Dame lands one of those four players with Burnham and Ziegler, this is an outstanding linebacker class. In my opinion, it'd be one of the five best linebacker classes in the country. If they land two of the guys that I just talked about, I don't see anybody in the country having a better linebacker class. And when you're having that conversation about a a group, a position group, it certainly moves the needle. It certainly closes the talent gap. And there's enough versatility in this group that it could eventually impact other positions. And that's exactly what you want. And it just shows that Marcus Freeman in very, very short period of time has shown at Notre Dame that you can go around the country and recruit the best players. You can go into the backyard of, of great teams and take their best players. 
and build a, a recruiting class that's not just all about development, but has genuinely elite, highly ranked, talented players in the class. And Notre Dame is on the verge of doing just that, a linebacker. And if they do it, it is certainly a gap talent gap closing group. Let's talk about the safety position. This is a position that that is, to me, the one I, I have. The, the, the two secondary positions are the one right now that, to me, are the most shaky when it comes to will Notre Dame be able to close and land the guys that they want for different reasons. Number one is it, 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 at safety, it's there's some players on the board. There's some players that I like. There's some guys that I've added to this breakdown. Uh, there's a, one player that I'll add to this breakdown based on what I've seen from him so far that wasn't on my written version of it. But there's now four safeties, in my opinion, that Notre Dame has to get two of. A couple of them are highly ranked players. One of them is, or two, and a couple others are more project projectable type of players, but very, very talented players. So number one, the big fish at safety is Xavier Nwakba. He is a top 100 player from Iowa. 247 Sports ranks him, I believe, in the top 25 nationally. That's, to me, where I see him. I think they're 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 spot on with their analysis of him. To me, he's a borderline top 50 player. He's a borderline five-star player. He's a borderline, um, you know, I mean, he is a difference maker at safety. He's 6'2", he's 190, he's athletic, he's rangy, he's instinctive, he can hit, he can cover, he can play center field, he can do it all, and he can play receiver. I mean, he would be a legit four-star receiver if you wanted to recruit him at receiver. He's got that kind of skill and athleticism. He's the kind of guy that changes your program. Now, Ohio State's considered the leader. I think they're going to be very hard to beat. But Notre Dame is in it. And, and he is one of those guys that, for me, it's going to all be about, can you can you get him to hold out long enough to not commit before visits? If you can get him to commit to visits, then I think Notre Dame's going to have a chance. I think if he gets on campus and meets Mike, Mick, or Mike Mickens and Marcus Freeman and Chris O'Leary face-to-face, sees what Notre Dame's all about, the things I've read about him, there's just a lot about Xavier that to me strikes me as he's the kind of kid that would get on campus and Notre Dame goes from like fourth to fourth to first on his list. I think he's that kind of guy. He's just one of those guys that Notre Dame and him are going to click really well if it gets to that point. Now, will that happen? That remains to be seen. And if you're Ohio State, you're going to try to get him in the class before he makes his decision. I mean, he this is a kid that's being recruited by everybody. So it's going to be a challenge to get him in the class, but he is a guy to me that you have to make the effort for. You have to go all in for. If you don't get him, you don't get him, but he's a guy that you absolutely have to go after if you're Notre Dame. Now, the next two safeties that I look at are not highly ranked guys. They're not guys that are considered top 100 players, but when I watch their film, I just see talent. I see range. I see really athletic players. If Notre Dame can somehow get either one of them in the class, that would be big. And if they get, if those are the two, sa- these next two guys are the two safeties, then I'm I'm very happy with that. And that is Jaden Mangum in Michigan, and then Jake Pope from Georgia. Now, Jaden Mangum's an interesting player. He seems to like Notre Dame a lot. He's a guy that's listed at six three hundred eighty pounds. He actually looks like he might even be a little taller than that. But even at six three, he's got tremendous range, tremendously long arms, very talented, gifted athlete still growing into his frame a little bit. And I think that limits his, his raw explosiveness a little bit, but he's a guy that I view as, as he matures and kind of stops growing that he is going to then see another burst. There's going to be another step for him, but even without that, he's very athletic. He's long. He's, he reminds me a lot of Kyle Hamilton. He's not quite as big or as explosive as Kyle Hamilton, but there's very similarities in how they play. 
Two, he's a good receiver too. Two way player. I like him a lot. He's a guy that that I say you you get if you can get a six foot three, hundred eighty plus pound kid with a great frame at safety, and you go into the state of Michigan and steal him from the Wolverines and the Spartans again. That's, that's another big recruiting battle. It's going to be hard to get him out of the state. I think even harder to get him out of state than it was to get Ziegler and Burnham. Ziegler was a no brainer to Notre Dame if they wanted him. He grew up a big Notre Dame fan, but Burnham grew up a Michigan fan, and so. Getting Jaden Mangum out of state's not going to be easy, but it's doable. And I think he's the kind of guy that if you could get him in this class, that gives you a very strong uh, foundation to build upon to go with last year's class of Justin Walters and Kerry G. So he is one. Jake Pope is 6'2", 190, athletic. For some reason, he's only considered a three-star recruit by most people. I don't get it. I watch his film. He comes from a great high school, Buford High School in Georgia. Very athletic, tremendous two-way player in high school, I, I just don't see what they're not seeing. I see a guy that's a top 100 to 150 caliber player. The problem is, is his dad played at Clemson and Clemson wants him. So it's going to be very hard to get him from Clemson. But he says all the right things about Notre Dame. Notre Dame is considered one of his top four or five schools just from you know talking to different people. It sounds like they're in it. It's just going to be hard. So you get one of those two guys in Xavier Nwankpa, you have a great safety class. If you get those two guys, it's a really good safety class. If you get one of those guys, and Sherrod Colville from Virginia, again, it's a very good safety class. Now, he's the new guy to my list. Now, I've I've watched his film before. I like him. He's from Virginia, so you know that that's something that, that I always like. I always like when Notre Dame recruits Virginia guys. But he's a guy that I didn't think had interest in Notre Dame. As I've done some more digging on this, it sounds like his interest in Notre Dame is legitimate. So that's why I've added him to the list. It's not that I've evaluated him differently or view him differently as a player. It's just that I view him as a guy that can be more of a of a player to that, that Notre Dame can be a player for. And he's a very good player. He's part of a dream class scenario. And so I really like what I see from him. Uh, he's more of a strong safety alley type of player. So you'd have to compliment a, a, another guy with him. But that's what I like about Pope and Mangum. If you get Koval and Pope and Mangum, you've got sort of that center fielder types that can also play in the alley. And then you got Koval, who could be, you know, he's listed as six foot 185, but he's a hammer. I mean, he wants to come down and he wants to fill the alley and hit people. I love that about him. There's another safety that I've seen that I'm 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 contemplating putting him in this list, but I'm not sure yet. I want to see some senior film. And that's Devin Moore from Naples, Florida. There's a lot I like about Devin Moore. We talked about him in a recent podcast with John Garcia. He's a guy that he's Notre Dame's in his top group, I believe top five. He plays some corner, plays some safety, and I really like him, but I just, I'm not sure if I am ready to put him in that dream class category yet. I'm going to have to watch even more film of him, but if Notre Dame got him, that's a win. That's a win. And if you have him with one of the other guys I've talked about, I really like that safety class. It's just more about, do I view him as a guy that, that moves the needle or closes the gap? Or is he a guy that keeps doing what you've been doing and what you've been doing has been really good. That's my only question with Devin Moore. And if I had to make a decision today, I'd probably lean towards putting him in that talent gap category. But again, I just need to see more of him. I'm just trying to be honest. I haven't watched him quite as much. I haven't watched game film of him where I've, I've had game film of a lot of these other players. So I'm still sort of in that decision-making mode with Devin Moore. I, I want to see some camp film in, in the senior year before I, assuming he's even still on the board by then before I put him into the dream class category, but what I have seen from him already, he'd be a good pickup. 
No, no question. He'd be a good pickup, but you just would then need to get, he'd have to be your floor. He'd have to be the, the lowest of the guys that you get, but he's a good football player. And, and I really like where Notre Dame stands with him. And let's wrap up with cornerback. Now I have three guys, I had three guys written in my, in my dream class article. And that's simply saying like, this is just, again, perfect world scenario. You get all three of them. If we're talking practically, I think you may only have room for two of them. I think if you can get the, these three, then I look at it and say, you know, that that's, I mean, that's, that's the dream, right? But if you just get two and one of them would be Jaden Mangum, that, then I think you can live with that. It just depends on, you know, how you view it. So like there's players out there like the Kai Martinez, who's a, who's a good football player. And, and, different players out there that that I say, yeah, these guys would be part of it too. Rylan Gandy's a guy that I like who's who's a, a raw, fast guy. Jared Kerr, those guys are all good football players. And if Notre Dame were to land one of those guys with Jade Mickey, that's a good corner class. But again, this is the position more than any other that you could say there's a clear talent gap between Notre Dame and everybody else. That wasn't true in 2018 when you had Troy Pride and Julian Love, but where you are now, there is. There's a talent gap with what Notre Dame is producing at cornerback and what Alabama and, and and Ohio State and even to a degree Clemson have been producing at cornerback in recent seasons. And so this is a position where you need to close the gap. And there are players on the board that can do that. We talked about Jaden Mickey already. The other one is Kamari Rogers. And anyone that listens to this podcast on a regular basis knows I think Kamari Rogers is a tremendous player. Is he going to be hard to get out of South? Absolutely. Is he an elite player? Absolutely. And he's the kind of guy that, to me, Notre Dame just doesn't get. They just don't get this kind of player. Uh, this is just not the kind of guy that, on a consistent basis, Notre Dame has been able to go out and, and land. And and he's and I'm going to pull up some highlights here. Uh, of, we kind of dive into this, and so you can kind of watch what why I like him. You're going to see great feet. You're going to see incredibly fluid hips. You're going to see very instinctive player. He plants and drives, reads that route, and takes it back to the house. The other thing I like about Kamari Rogers is he's very raw. I mean, he he's still a young developing player that that just has a natural instinct for the game. He just he's got a natural intelligence for the game. He's got some toughness, and he's just scratching the surface. No, he's not this guy that that I that you see like a Derek Stingley who just physically is ready to play in college as a junior in high school. Kamari's not there yet. He's got some growing up to do physically still, and that's kind of what excites me because he's that good at corner despite being a guy that needs time to grow and develop. And he would be, to me, a, a program-changing program type of player. He's from the state of Mississippi. That means he's going to be hard to get, right? I mean, that's just a fact. It's Notre Dame doesn't dip into Mississippi very often. But the thing I like about him is there is a genuine interest there. Mike Mickens has been on all over him. Marcus Freeman has been all over him. The staff is doing a great job of putting the full court press on them. So they're giving themselves a chance. Would I bet on Notre Dame right now? No, I would not. Uh, if he committed to Notre Dame right now, would I feel as confident he's going to stick as other players? No, I would not. And it's not has nothing to do with Kamari Rogers. It just has to do with doing this and following recruiting for you know, 15, 20 years. These are the recruitments that are much the, the hardest for Notre Dame to get and to keep. So, um, but that's the kind of thing you need to do, though, to change the, the program, right? I mean, that's this is what this whole conversation is about. What do you have to do to close the gap? Well, to close the gap, this is the kind of guy you need to get. This is exactly the kind of player that you can land that says, okay, we're a serious player. Uh, this is this is, this is is who we are, and, and we're going to go to battle with anybody. So if you can get a guy like that into your program, 
I mean, that that's how you move the needle. There's another player that's a seven-on-seven teammate of him named uh, Jair Brown that is also looking at Notre Dame. He's originally from Louisiana, moved to Ohio within the last year, played in Ohio this past year. He's a guy that's me that Notre Dame has a shot at, but flipping a DB from Ohio State is going to be extremely difficult to do. Uh, he is a guy that that I would say unlikely, but you go for him. Big, physical, complete opposite of Kamara Rogers. He's more of a ready-to-play-now kind of guy physically. Not quite the athlete that Kamara Rogers is, but instinctive, shows great leadership ability, physical, smart, would be a really, really good boundary corner uh, for Notre Dame. And so I, I really like that in his game. There's another corner that I'm evaluating right now that intrigues me that I, if we did this in a week or two, I'd probably add him to the list. And he's a guy that I want to see more junior film of, and that is Ephesians Prysock. Now, first of all, best name in the class, right? Ephesians Prysock. Like when you have that kind of name, it, you're just, you're just going to be a good football player, it would seem. But He's a he's a really intriguing player for me. He's 6'3", 170 pounds. I saw a picture of him the other day where he was in a like corner stance, you know, like squad, like he's playing press man, and his fingertips were almost on the ground. That's how long his arms are. The reason he's so intriguing to me, number one, is not only is he talented but and, and athletic, but he could potentially be incredibly versatile as well, could play boundary, could play field, could play nickel, and maybe even safety depending on how he fills out. He's from the same high school as Junior 2 Alamaca. Now, before I popped the film on of Ephesians Prysock, and I had seen some sophomore film, and it was good. Uh, or no, excuse me, I saw some freshman film, and it was good, but I hadn't watched him in a while. When I saw that they were on him, I just kind of assumed that they were recruiting him to, to because he was you know teammates of Junior 2 Alamaca. Then I popped in the sophomore film. And then I found some camp film and some seven-on-seven film and completely changed my view on him. Now, I have more film to watch, and I want to see him play as a junior. So, again, this is similar to other players I've talked about where I just haven't seen as much from him, so I'm not willing to put him in this category yet. But I have a feeling when I pop in junior film and evaluate Ephesians Prysock and, and do more of a, of, a, of a film dive into him that I'm going to come back and say, yeah, add this guy to that list. Uh, because what I have seen from him is really good. He's athletic. He's incredibly long. He's smart. So I think he's a guy that give me a month to watch some of his junior film because they just started their junior season. And he's a guy that I would look at and probably say, this is this is a guy in that group as well. And Notre Dame may, just made us, I think, top six. So they are in that mix as well. So that is my dream class. And the way I look at it is this. Is Notre Dame going to land all those guys? No. I tried to give you some ors, this guy, this guy, or this guy. So that way it's it's not if I just said Jaden Mangum and they got Jake Pope or Sherrod Colville or or those other players, then it would seem like, well, that guy wasn't on your list. Or if they only landed Anthony or they didn't land Anthony Lucas but got Caleb Artis and I didn't have Caleb Artis on the list, you'd say, oh, well, you know, it was, it was he wasn't a good player. And I did the same thing at linebacker. So these are there's a big list of guys that to me would be needle movers for Notre Dame, but it's more about as a whole, what kind of group are they putting together? And to me, the more guys you get from this discussion, from this list right now, the, the closer you are to having that kind of class. If Notre Dame can go get half the players on this board, that's a really strong class that, that moves the needle a little bit. The more you get beyond that, the more they move the needle. I mean, it's, it's not that hard to figure out. So I feel great about where they are right now. I feel great about the fact that the staff has put themselves in striking distance with a lot of these players, now the key is finishing. 
can they finish with a lot of these guys? And if they can, then this class has a chance to be special. This ha- class has a chance to be Notre Dame's best defensive hall of the Brian Kelly era. And that's saying something because they've had some really good defensive classes in the past. So we'll find the next you know nine months before the early signing period are going to be very interesting. We don't know if when visits are going to open back up again. I would imagine, I would if I had to guess, I would say by summer, they will have opened visits up to some degree. I hope that happens and needs to happen. Uh, but that's going to be a key. If Notre Dame can't get visits between now and December, it's going to make it a lot harder for them to get these guys. I didn't view it as an excuse last year because so many of the players in last year's class had been to campus before. This class is a little different because a lot of these kids that are out of state haven't been on campus. And so unless they can get them on campus some way, shape, form, or fashion, it's going to be very challenging uh, without official visits to get some of these guys on campus just because from the means they can't do it. So that's where we stand with defensive recruiting. Tomorrow we will talk about the offensive dream class. That one's a little bit more skeptical. I'm a little bit more skeptical of them finishing with the kind of dream class that they need on offense as they am on defense. I feel good about where Notre Dame is on defense right now. I think it's very doable. Offense is going to be a little bit more challenging, but we'll dive into that and we'll talk about the players that are on the board for that. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also always listen to our podcast at irishbreakdown.com. And if you are listening on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification button, help us grow this channel so that we can continue to bring you more and more great Notre Dame content. So thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all again very soon. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.